Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Hi. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I, I've been in a good mood today, uh, and I don't know why. We can fix that. Off and running on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. So, Steve, uh, for listeners who tuned in last week, I gave you a whole bunch of shit because you and I have a band gig coming up on June 11th. Uh, I gave you shit because uh, I found out you hadn't even looked at the song list. You later claimed that you had looked at the song list. Still not sure if I, I totally believe that, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and I will simply ask, you said you were going to set up a drum set to practice some of those songs. Do you have a drum set set up? It's not set up now, but it was set up. <laughs> okay. All right. Really did, did you run through any of the songs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I set it up. I set it up because I had to run through other songs for a gig that happens beforehand, and that's what I'm going to talk about. He set it up so that he could take a, have his son take a picture of him behind the drum kit to text it to me to say, look, proof that I am in fact practicing, and then they disassembled it all. Quick, tear it down. I set it up someplace else. And then I had to tear it down and bring it bring it back. So, all right. Yeah. Well, since we're on the subject of uh, you caring about other things and other people rather than me, why don't you uh, tell us about this gig? All right. So, um, not only do I have to learn um, these uh, these shitty new Nashville um, country songs for the gig on the 11th, which is um, the big cool long shot gig that we're doing. Um, one night only in, in, uh, in test Washington at the, at the timeout saloon, which is going to be a good show. We, we do not disappoint. You can't walk back shitty Nashville songs with, it's going to be a good show. There's only a handful of those songs sprinkled in and people have to go to the bathroom at some point, Dave. And that's when they're going to go. They're going to go during those songs and that's okay. That's okay. They have to go to the bar and order a beer or, or whatever, and they can do it during those songs. And that's when I expect that they totally will because they're, they're, they are forgettable. Those songs are forgettable. But, um, but anyway, I have those uh, running in a, um, in a song list, and I'm alternating between that and another song list that I had to learn for a gig on the third. Okay. So the gig on the third, there are, um, there are some, you know, okay songs. There's a couple songs in there that I would not have chosen. Um, there's one, one song that all of us and, and uh, these other musicians that uh, were brought in for this gig, I'm not saying I'm top notch. I'm saying that they're top notch and they're, mm-hmm. they're really good musicians. And we get this one song that is very, you guys have both heard it and I will, I will, I will tell it. I will say it in just a second. But this song is when you hear it on the radio, you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a song. I know this song. This is yeah, okay." And you listen to it, and whatever. You don't realize that it's eight minutes long. Okay, the song is eight minutes long, and it's really not one song. It's really like four songs taped together, like mm-hmm. chopped up. Four songs mm-hmm. chopped up. Can I, can I guess yeah. when you get there? Can I, can we, maybe we'll each take a guess. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely will. I'll give you a little bit more of a hint. There's a little hint of reggae. It starts off with a reverse drum beat that goes into a straight ahead 
guitar riff, okay? And at the end, there's quacking. But I don't think anybody's listened to this song all the way to the end <laughs> because it's eight minutes long. And by the time you get halfway through, you're like, okay, I get the idea. And so what, er, what, what era of music is it? Like, when it's did like it come out? 70s, 80s, something like that. Well, yeah. this is now this is tough because you've now made it so specific by adding things in like quacking and stuff that none of our unless we have a song we know has quacking in it, this is not going to work. So we've gone we've gone too far now into specifics because I was going to guess something like Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, nope. which is multiple songs put together uh, and and multiple types. But then when you said reverse drum beat and quacking, that obviously cancels that out. Tracy is busy trying to Google search 70s song with quacking and reverse drum beat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I had uh, Van Morrison all over this, but uh, clearly not Van Morrison or Pink Floyd or. No, is, is no, there so... is there quacking at the end of Inagata De Vida? Nope. Okay. No, in the live so, version, yes. What's but your, uh... what's your? This is this is very unassuming. You're, you'll be like, oh my god, really? And then you're gonna listen to that song, and you're gonna be like, this song is a train wreck of massive proportion we're trying to play it as a group and the, and these other guys are really good musicians and i'm i'm getting there with them and they're all looking around like we need to chart this so much more than we have charted this already so anyway dave what's your official guess well i don't have one now like i said i was going to guess bohemian rhapsody now i'm at no, a loss it's been a good guess but it, it's not it's not correct okay uh, tracy what's your guess I don't know. Um, I, I've got no idea anymore. The the ducks right. sent me um, off into the weeds. It is Joe Walsh's Life's Been Good. Gotcha. Oh. Eight minutes of of um of four songs <laughs> taped together. Yeah, I guess that would actually and so our listeners probably are are on DuckDuckGo or whatever trying to look that up right now. Yeah. Well, um, at the end, there's a lot of duck, duck, go. They, yeah. they just like, it's, it's, it's a bonkers song. Try, try. This is okay. This is a new, this is a new TikTok challenge. Try to listen to life's been good from beginning to end. Yeah. Without shutting it off. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about similar things. Joe Walsh, that was, I don't know if it was at the height. It was definitely in the middle of his drug fueled, drug addled, decade or two decades three decades of him taking the most illicit hardcore drugs you could think of and it goes back i know listen tracy finds a way to bring everything back to kiss i find a way to bring everything back to the band poison it's the same thing with joe walsh as far as like now you now have this you you've seen this firsthand it's a complicated song it's a weird song and this guy played it every single night while ganked out to the max on on drugs. And I, I think of like, everybody gives like a, a band like Poison or Motley Crue, pick your 80s band, shit. Right. Now try go play, go, because same thing, Steve, for our gig, I'm I'm learning talk, or I've now learned the Talk Dirty to Me solo, and I can play it. I can play it pretty much note for note while I stare at my guitar, while I concentrate with every fiber of my being, and while I stare at my guitar, not looking up at anybody but the strings on my guitar. He played it, ganked out on heroin, probably cocaine, a little bit of weed in there, who knows which pills, uh, running around on stage like a madman. Was every note perfect? No, but people, it wasn't bad enough to where people were like, I don't recognize this. He got pretty close to the pin. 
This is what I never, I, I've never, I've heard people say, like, whether it's shrooms or other hallucinogenics, you can take certain drugs that sort of get you into the zone. That, I, I think, is probably true. I've never tried it. I, yeah, I assume that's I, probably I mean, true. That, but true also. Joe Walsh had every drug in him. It was not just the good ones that make you more creative. It was every single drug, and yet he did songs like this. And maybe that was part of it. Maybe he would. Yeah, we need to bottle that. Yeah, really. Yeah, maybe yeah. he would start one song, get bored with it, move on to the next one, and then he was just like, "Fuck it, it's now four songs." I'll bleep that out later because I just, <laughs> I just realized it's been a week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have all my my faculties. So we're playing "Talk Dirty to Me." We are, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's on the set list. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so, uh, that, that, so that, that rehearsal was, was, um, really interesting, um, running through that. Um, you know, what was easier? Uh, it was easier to get through the original song that the guy that hired us did, um, which actually is a really good song. Well, um, yeah, he and, hired you. You have to say that. No, I, I don't. Um, I don't. It was, it's, um, he has a couple of original songs. And the one that he, that we learned, I, I like a lot. I like a lot. The, the other one's okay, but this this one I like a lot. Um, and um, it's uh, it's and it's really well put together, and it's complex, but it's not um, it's not four different songs diced up and yeah. and scotch taped together. That's for sure. There, there's something about like people with original songs of, of someone you know or something they write. I remember uh, when my band played the fair one of the proudest moments of my life for sure. Yeah. But just uh, earlier that day, there was a guy that was there singing with his wife. So he's a country, just one guitar and his wife's harmonizing with him. And he's got a bunch of songs that he's written and he's singing this song about just fornicating with one or two other women while his wife's sitting there harmonizing with him. And I'm like, that's a special moment (laughs) right there. And, uh, so i mean i wonder if he like no no you you get the words wrong it's this yeah i did this with her so the other thing i need to mention which i think is which i think is really ingenious and and dave my hat's off to you um uh so after he gave me all kinds of crap for not looking at the set list um and we discussed there's one song on there that I really, really, that I absolutely despise. Like I, I, I believe it's an anti song. It's not a, and we are in, to be clear, you and I are in violent agreement on this song and our yeah, hatred of this yeah. song. And I, and I went off on it a little bit via text to Dave. I'm like, this song is whatever, whatever. And then I said, fine, I'm done complaining about it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to play it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a professional about this and get it get it learned and get it river. And I listened to this thing all week long, all week. I listened to this song. Cause I, 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 and, and it's, it, it is not fun for me to listen to this song, but I'm, I'm getting the changes. It's there's, there's a little something to it, but it's, it's, it's not fun. I, I even, I, I have this whole story in my head about what this song is really about. And, um, and then we get to today and Dave's like, oh, by the way, we're not playing that song anymore, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. That was the best thing he could have done to uh, punish me for um, for making him sweat it out last week. He makes me listen to that song right. all week long. 
and Dave, I, that is a that is a nice piece of revenge. We've got a- some we've got some, you know, like a, a good example that that we are keeping because regardless of what people think of it, good or bad. And I think it's mostly good. The Beastie Boys wrote Fight for Your Right to Party as a joke. Like they were poking mm-hmm. fun at the frat boy culture and they it accidentally became a hit much to their chagrin like they they've actually said publicly like they wish that song hadn't been a hit because that was never the intention and it gave them the wrong persona people perceive them from their swimming pools people perceive them to be that frat rock party band even though they were the exact opposite of that so it was a weird like it's one of their biggest hits one of their songs that put them on the map but but the point is Borderline novelty song, if not a novelty song for the reasons I just mentioned. So we have novelty songs in our in our set list, without a doubt. This song is a calculated, so, so, there's nothing, this song was manufactured. This song was not written. This song was, this song was put together, assembled by hit makers in Nashville to be weird and different enough to make people pay attention. And, and it, a marketing team, right? Like, like, like is not just not just songwriters. This was this yeah. was test marketed in yeah. several different markets, and yeah, oh, you can you can hear it, you can hear it, yeah. And oh man, there's so much I want to say about this song. It, yeah, yeah, we got it. We should move on. Tracy, uh, what about you? You got any gigs coming up? Uh, no, actually, damn I, it, uh, there there aren't any bands that will uh, have me at the the moment, and I don't blame them, honestly. Well, no, that's not true because you just alluded to playing the, the with your band at the fair, uh, and, and this is a serious question. Please, let's not hang on this too long. But I, I am curious. I know you still play guitar. You will still pick up a guitar. Do you have an itch to get back into a band at all? Yeah, probably in the. Yeah, I could see that happening in the next couple of years okay. for sure. I uh, it was a tremendous amount of, it was a tremendous amount of effort in to be in a band that like did originals yeah yeah and so, so, so it was i'll just say this if you're looking for musicians when the time comes i have a drummer i'd like you to avoid and i'll talk oh, to you about it off air let just yeah just off the air just talk if there's he's somebody from canada I need to, like, watch you, don't, out for. you don't know him but not not dependable no he's he's canadian he is consistently disappointed <laughs> yeah okay what do you got All going right, on I'll... tracy what'd you do last week well, uh, one of the interesting things that happened uh, in uh, my house was that my middle son turned 12. And uh, 12 is uh, is a fun birthday, um, but not in our house. It is not. Um, so you, Is uh, any birthday fun in your house? No, actually, no. our, our <laughs> family does not do birthdays uh, very well at all. I mean, I think all the a lot of times on the surface, a lot of the components are there. Yeah. You know, like all people are there. <laughs> the ingredients yeah, I mean, to make the cake. Right. It's yeah. uh it's yeah, it's all those things are there. It's more of a birthday watch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're like all the things are there that could aggregate into a birthday celebration, but they never happen. Yeah. Uh so it's a, so it's a, it's a midweek birthday. It's it's kind of uh it's kind of busy because the kids baseball and things like that. So we're with baseball in uh, this year you're battling the weather so not only your your half of their games half of their uh practices have been canceled yep um all year and so uh it was one of those things so he so i'm gonna i told him i go we're gonna try to do it do a do-over 
yeah, on yeah, yeah. birthday. And I feel like we need to, if there was like, you know how you can uh, online, you can take uh, courses and things that program Udemy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can like learn how to do things. And so you can watch videos. I think my family needs to watch a, like a video series on like how to birthday, birthday celebration. Yeah. yeah. How to birthday. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, I mean, definitely there's a lot of do's and don'ts. Yeah. Clear, and clearly we do... A lot of the don'ts and so um so it's what uh, was, it was uh, what was for uh, so i'm gonna ask one of the questions like i always ask but when, when you guys were growing up what were birthdays like and i know you're gonna not gonna ask me what my birthdays were like so i'm just gonna offer it up so growing up uh we lived out in the country we lived out in the field in the middle of nowhere we lived in a what what started as a trailer house and eventually my dad added on to it and you couldn't really tell as much anymore but it w- the point is we were we were out in the middle of nowhere with not a lot especially in the early days of my youth and so my birthday parties were very cut and dry it was go to Safeway get a cake put a candle in it sing happy birthday two gifts on the table blow the candle out and you're done we just never we never really and then when we got to the point where we could do quote unquote things for birthdays we were still so rural steve you know this like there weren't there weren't things like now you can you can go play whirly ball in the bumper cars you can go do paintball there's movie theaters everywhere you can go watch something at imax you can go uh skydive the air what is that i fly or whatever the wind tunnel thing there's like a billion different things and yes i know they're all varying degrees of cost but there's we have if we wanted to we could have our kid do something every single year for a birthday party forever and we didn't have that. It was well. Now maybe we've maybe we're middle class now instead of lower class, like we were in terms of of income. But here's your cake and here's your two presents because we're out in the middle of nowhere and that's what you get. So I'm just curious, Tracy, was were your birthdays a pretty a pretty uh, I don't know stripped down affair? Pretty modest, yeah. So uh, there you go, modest. The, the highlight of uh, my birthday was uh, I, as a young child, I had a big wheat intolerance. So my yeah. uh, grandmother, Woo! my grandmother uh, would bring over a cake, and every oh, I watched everyone else eat it because yeah. I wasn't allowed to eat it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, th- and that was it. That was that was it. We would celebrate it on Sunday, the day that she came over uh with my uh, dad's aunt and uh that that was it and they, they would buy me a shirt that didn't fit yeah and yeah. uh that was yeah those those were the the glory days of birthdays and i don't believe they ever really got better to the point where like my last birthday i just got in the car by myself and drove to another state yeah steve so. you you have and definitely had growing up a very doting mother and you had a very caring, loving father as well. So I assume that even if your birthdays were a little more modest or stripped down, I still feel like they probably made you feel pretty special most of, if not all of the day. Your yeah. dad took you out killing skunks, probably. Yeah. We, we didn't do a lot of skunk. My dad took to skunk killing later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Acquired taste. That 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 should go on a, on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but... No, um, we, I had really great birthdays. Um, I, there, there was always some kind of a cake, whether they made it or it wasn't really bought very often. My mom made this killer R2D2 cake for me one time. Um, but, uh, but we would occasionally do something like we would occasionally take a friend over to like Chuck E. Cheese. Dave, you went with me to Chuck yeah. E. Cheese one time yeah. for my birthday. That I was did, fun. Yeah. Um, they scheduled, um, 
our trip to Disneyland, our big trip to Disneyland over my ninth birthday. And I remember being there and I went to Knott's Berry Farm on my ninth birthday. Yeah. And I, I, I believe I was, you know, tired and upset. And I believe I declared that it was the worst birthday ever. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And that was what, before Knott's that, Berry Farm had the uh, measles attraction. Am I exact? Yes. Yes. And I know at that point, after I said it, I kind of looked around and yeah. my parents kind of looked at each other like he needs a nap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had really great birthdays. Speaking had, of, you, you were the type of person though, that was good to be friends with when they had a birthday. Yeah. Cause you, you got the trip to the buffet and, or the Chuck E. Cheeses or something like that. And you didn't yeah. have to worry about any. That of the, shows you the how modest Tracy's birthdays were. If his idea of a fun upscale birthday is quote, you got to go to the buffet. <laughs> See, that's well, it. for someone else's birthday. Right? <laughs> uh, speaking so, of Chuck, speaking of Chuck E. Cheese, though, Steve, you said I got to go to Chuck E. Cheese with you once. Smash cut to Steve and I being in our 30s. I think I've said this. I don't know if I've said it on this iteration of the show or not. Our 20s, like late 20s. Yeah, late 20s, early 30s. We're driving through one of the the cities nearby, and uh, we're in the car together, and we're like, hey, holy shit, there's a Chuck E. Cheese. And we had seen it a few times, but that was the first time it kind of clicked, like, we should go try Chuck E. Cheese again. We're like, yeah, let's do it. disposable income. So we... We Pull into the parking lot. We hop out. We're all excited. We go walking in. And, of course, it's Chuck E. Cheese. So it is wall-to-wall young children. And here's two adult males going in with no children of their own. And, Steve and I, you know how in all the, like, the restaurants and anything like that, you go through the first set of double doors. You're in this weird little holding area. And then you go through another set of double doors into the actual building or restaurant or whatever. We walk through the first set of double doors. We got the second set of doors open. We both looked at each other and said, we look like the two biggest pedophiles on the planet. And that's yeah, as far yeah. as we made it. We turned around, went back, got in our car and left and probably went to McDonald's. Our pictures are still hanging. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Still up on the still, still up on the wall. All right. Exactly. So, Tracy, what else besides uh, birthdays you didn't care about? Oh, uh, just, uh, you know, I went into went into work um, yeah. and that that in so actual an actual building where people are. Yeah. And uh, I it's not spoke fun. to a couple. Yeah, I actually, the first time I had met with my manager in person ever. Oh. Yeah. So. They, well, I, there might be a second one. There is a weird, there is a weird thing that, I, that I've noticed with this whole work from home. We see everybody from the nipple up. That's how you see everybody in your life now. What you don't understand is or what wrecks my brain and has on several occasions is either how tall or how short someone is that I've only seen on camera because you just assume everybody is the exact same height because on your screen, everybody's the exact same. You can see roughly a half a foot above their head at at most. And you know, they have shoulders. So then when you see how many times I've heard someone say, I imagined your butt a lot smaller. Yeah. When you see them, but it's true. I mean, and I don't mean this in a negative way. Body shape, too. Body shape, basically anything. You lose all frame of reference. We need to all have the equivalent of the nickel you hold up to the spider to show the size of the spider. Everybody needs to have one of those at some point so that we can understand what we're actually dealing with here. 
Am I wrong? I guess I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I don't Tracy, know. anything I else from you? No, I don't have another thing. All right, we're going to get the hell out of here. I'm kidding. Uh, so the I, I was just asking you as though it was the end of the show. We have uh, – I'm going to – bear with me because the crux of the story is just the setup, and the setup is going to sound like a repeat, and the setup is going to sound like something I've, I've talked about a million times, but it divulges quickly from there. It, it moves on to other things. So we were at a, another lacrosse tournament in Linden. And it was awful. It was so shitty. It was 50 degrees. It was pouring, pouring down rain the entire time. Grass fields, sideways wind. This is a tournament. We arrived at noon. We didn't go home until we were, we were walking away, breaking down for the last game at 7 o'clock. Because we had to bring a, a friend of my son's, who he's known from his other school. That friend plays for a different team. He, my son and his team, they're good enough this year, and this is all just their league, that they had a first-round bye in this tournament. His friend, they have an awful team, they did not have a bye. So we're there from noon to 7 because we had to be there for his first game. My son, just almost as a complete repeat, plays a team in the championship game. They lose by one point, just like in Yakima a few weeks back. So yeah. everybody's bummed. Everybody is Parents included. I looked like I had been racing motocross all day. I was so covered in mud. And all I did was stand or bring gear to the side of the field. I didn't play. I didn't actively participate in the game. You would have thought that we all did. Kids were so brown that you couldn't even tell. You could not tell what color player's shoes were anymore. Because the field was so muddy. Everybody was just, it was just a dark brown. Everywhere. And so... It was awful. It was raining. We lost everybody. So we, we load everything up. We get in the, the truck. Now we're, we're driving home and we're on the road about 30 minutes. And my wife says, oh, I forgot to charge my cell phone. And I said, oh, we'll get it out and start it charging. You can just use mine. We're not listening to the music anyway, because we're all kind of somber and everything. So now she starts feeling around. I, and she, she always does this. She looks at me and she says, where's my phone? And I respond to her every time, and she hates it, but I do it every time. I say, that's why it's called your phone. I know where my phone is. I don't know where your phone is. You should know where you So, of course, it's like, stop being a dick. Like, she's immediately just like, knock it off. We're, that's, stop. So, oh, and when, and when you're tired, that's extra funny. And we've lost, and it's been shitty weather all day. Yeah, it was it was great. We're already we, like cold in the car because nobody packed an extra yeah, set of clothes. Davy J was already off on the right foot on this return trip home. So, so she said, "Oh, that's right. I she's got she she has a fold out Coleman chair, one of those typical like camping chairs, the cloth ones that collapse down to a thin cylinder and then open back up again." She's got one of those that's got a zipper pocket on it. She's like, I put it in the zipper pocket of the Coleman. And I said, okay, uh, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I'd like to get it out now and charge it because Lily's at home with a friend. I, I want to check in on them. And I said, oh, that's fine. So we pull over. She comes back white as a sheet. There's no Coleman chair back there. I was like, are, are you sure? It's black. And we had, because we had multiple kids and everybody just thrown their muddy stuff in there. We had a giant tent, all this stuff. I said, are you sure? Yeah, I, yeah, it's not back there. So I said, well, I'll, I'll get out and just double check. I get out and, of course, rifle through everything. There is no Coleman chair. Mm -hmm. So now I said, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, we got to go back to the field. And I said, we were the last game of the night. They were already taking garbage cans off the field. We've been on the road for a half an hour. By the time we get back there, nothing's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there. It's, it's night now. She's like, well, I, I really want to go back. And so, of course, the already sort of pissy situation, because I like to poke at people, and I made the comment about my phone and everything, now we're just in silence because we're both pissed off immediately at each other because, you know, of the whole situation. We're grumpy, the whole thing. 
There's and, nothing good you can add here. Right. And so we're just dead silent. I'm driving back. I'm angry driving back. You know, there's if you've never been to the town of Linden, there's roughly 28 roundabouts in the town of Linden. It is ridiculous yes. the number of roundabouts they have. So I'm just I'm basically banking around these corners in the tundra, like trying to drift around Ooh, the corners. I'm yeah, so you angry. You can't do roundabouts angry. And I can see people like sliding different ways in the back seat as I'm like taking these corners. And so I uh, we get to the field. Nothing. There's this field, if I had to guess, I'd say probably eight to ten fields plus the in-between parts. It's a massive empty field. Just nothing. So you said her cell phone was dead too, right? Yes. So there's no way to call it. So <laughs> I said, So what do you want to do? She's like, Well, let's get out and walk the field. And at this point, I'm not I'm no longer arguing whether or not that's a valid thing to do or not. I'm like, whatever makes you feel better. I didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, all right, let's get out and walk the field. We get out and walk the field. Now, on a giant green grass field, Coleman chair, pretty easy, pretty easy to spot, even from afar. There was no Coleman chair. So we're just wandering around. Now we've looked around for about a half an hour. She's gone over to the weird little maintenance shack that has a tractor next to it, knocked on the door. Nobody answered. This diesel truck happens to pull up. Old guy in there. Hey, what are you, what are you doing? I said, oh, my wife lost the phone out here. We were here for a lacrosse tournament. He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim from Bellingham has it. <laughs> and I said, oh. the Kim, oh, <laughs> yeah, the Kim from Bellingham. <laughs> like, what did he call it? So, on 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 a hope and a prayer, I said, "Do you happen to have Kim's number?" And he said, "Yes, I do. I I have it in my phone and then somewhere." He led you into the men's bathroom where it was. Now, if I had well, to guess, I'd say this gentleman was probably in his seventies, and I did find out he was the maintenance guy for the park, but. This guy now takes, he does the old man move, which I do myself, so I'm not giving him a hard time, where he takes the glasses, he puts them up onto his forehead so that he can look at his, his smartphone. And he starts scrolling through. And as he's scrolling through, I can hear him saying things like, I am too old for this technology. I have no idea. And this is going on and on as he's mumbling to himself. Shit, you guys, not two minutes of me standing next to him while he tries to figure out how to look up a phone number. And I finally said... Can I just borrow your phone? I can I can get to your contacts real easy. I've I've used these before. It's an iPhone. I can. He's like, no, no, I'll find it. So, and pretty soon he does. He he finds the number. Then he can't see the number. So he holds it up to me. I pick up my phone. I call it. This woman answers. Hello. Like, hey, uh, is this the Kim from Bellingham? Like, I, hey, is this Kim? She's like, yeah, this is. I said, do you have a phone? Describe the phone. Sure enough, she has it. So now I have to drive. We have to drive. Uh, completely out of our way onto the wrong, the opposite end of Bellingham, anywhere near our travel home. We show up, they've got the chair, they've got the phone, we throw it in the back. You could have a hair could have fallen off of your head on that drive home, and you would have heard it in that vehicle over the dead deadening silence that lasted the entire hour and a half drive home from there. And the next day, we basically woke up as though nothing had happened. Neither of us have talked about it since. Neither of us, I've not given her shit about it. She's not given me shit about being an asshole since then. It was just, the phone's back, we're good, and we moved on. So, now, having said all that, keep that in mind, how long that journey yes. took. We, after we stopped to get this phone, we're out in the middle of nowhere. We're nowhere near uh, the field. We're nowhere near the path home. We stop at this mini mart. The woman working behind the register is fully pierced, which, fine, you do you. But she had yellow, bright yellow 
cat eyes. She had oh. contacts in, and that was her every day, I'm going to go work at the Mini Mart look. And she had the personality to match. She did not like being there. She did not like me. She did not like life did in general. She, did she hiss at you? Yeah, right? That's, we were later, we were saying, like, you're, I was lucky I didn't get scratched. Like, yeah, when you were in the other part of the Mini Mart, did she jump up on the counter and then knock shit off the yeah, front? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is hard to know. Would she, like, let you go if you just uh, shoplifted something, or would she murder you? I don't think she would have ever noticed. If she did, she would have slit my throat right in front of everybody and let me bleed out on the floor and then mopped it up while singing Let It Go by on from Frozen. But the the point of all this is that so we're in there, and I there's no way for me to like say this without spoiling part of it. You guys will get where this is going. A week ago, two weeks ago, we're coming back from Tri-Cities. We stop in Ellensburg, Washington, the town that Steve and I, we grew up right next door to it. Stop in Ellensburg, Washington. We pick a random mini-mart. We walk in. We're, the kids are going to the bathroom. We're getting snacks. And one of the lacrosse dads comes in. And he's got a very distinct voice. It's kind of kind of one of these, like, hey, what's going on, Dave? How come you're... And he, he, nicest guy in the world. But he asked me questions like, are you stopping for gas? I'm like, yeah, stopping for gas and food. And so anyway, really great guy. <laughs> Smash cut to me at the Bellingham Mini Mart two yeah. hours after the tournament is over, out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. The door opens, and I hear... Hey, Dave, what's going on? This is weird. Two weeks in a row. You getting gas? I'm like, I'll just call him Bob. Bob, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, and all he said was, well, I had to stop for gas. I mean, I'm out fueling. And I was like, okay. And we had that friend with us, the friend of my son's. We had a lot of chaos going on. We were trying to pay. I was shocked that I had seen him. My wife's coming out of the bathroom. Hey, did you get the soda I wanted as well? So that we had, a, so I didn't, I didn't dive into it. But I'm going to this weekend. I'm going to find out why the hell Bob was at the mini mart two weekends in a row. One, I can see one time. Wow, that's crazy how the universe works. The second time, the dude had to work to get there, and I have no idea why. And I need to find yeah. out why. That is a crazy coincidence. Um, yeah. I, I I hate to I hate to take this uh -oh. off. I had I had a crazy coincidence happen to me this uh -oh. week as well, and I and I and I'm so glad that I remembered it because I really wanted to talk about it. On uh, Saturday night, I had a gig in Seattle, and it, it, this Irish pub. And Tracy, you know his name's only a third of the show, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, I I know. What are you talking about? Anyway, Seattle, uh, Irish pub, third of the show, eighty percent of the conversation. I'm I'm only kidding because that's me. I'm just making a joke. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, I, I I wasn't I wasn't getting it. He was trying to do the math. Dead fish. Yeah, I was. I was, I was like, well, no, I was twenty seven percent last week. <laughs> so, um, so I'm at the show and and I'm uh, we have a break, right? In, we have a set break and and this is a short set uh, break because we have a very like only a half hour set until the end of the night. And as I'm standing behind the drum kit, this um. This guy from the bar walks all the way through like the crowd and comes up right to me. And he said, Hey, tell me about your shirt. Now, this is the shirt that I have that I absolutely love. It says, ask me about my giraffe. And, right. and you flip it up and it's got a giraffe face there in front. So you put it over your head and it's got a giraffe face there. That's the joke. Ask me about the giraffe. You flip it up. And on the inside, there's a, he said, does it have a, 
giraffe on the inside of the shirt? And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, it does. He said, I designed that shirt. Where did you get it? And I said, I, I got it on Amazon randomly because I like giraffes and I wanted to. Yeah. He said, I designed this shirt in New York uh, for a for an event that we did. And uh, it was just this one off thing. And I decided to put it out um, on on Amazon and I've never seen it out anywhere ever. Um, ever before. And I just happened to be here in Seattle on business and we walk into this pub and I see the only shirt I've designed on the drummer. Yeah. And it's the wildest thing. He was like, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't believe that I would want to buy something of his and that it was, yeah. it was a very, it was a very interesting conversation for uh, a minute and a half. That's yeah. cool. And now, now you guys have to deal with it. Yeah, it so you great. guys, uh, you guys should get a, an apartment together. But see now, and this is this is the beauty of this show, or this is the the awfulness of this show, because now that just made me think of something as well, Steve. Two weeks ago, I went and saw a live band uh, at a place called the Tractor Tavern. and I mentioned that last week. But the one thing I forgot to tell you guys is, so they had a they had a keyboardist. It's think of like a country rock style band, uh, all originals. And they have this keyboardist who throws in a lot of like pipe organy sounds. It's kind of that it gets a little Bruce Springsteen-y, whatever, a little bit, throws a little Tom Petty flavor in there. Hammond, Hammond up there. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got he's got his left hand on the bottom keyboard. He's got his right hand on the top keyboard. And this guy has, they're, they're eight songs in. This guy's been jamming the whole night. And when I say jamming, he's, he, he looked like he was a little bit of a, a geek. I don't mean to say that in a bad way. He's, I'm sure he's very talented. But... He just you can you could tell by the way he carried him he was way too into like jamming on this keyboard and like his head's bobbing around the whole time and he's smiling and like keeps pushing his sunglasses or his glasses up on his nose with his finger which only adds to everything but he's going nuts on this thing. They come to a part in the about the seventh or eighth song where now it's keyboard solo time and he goes oh, to the wow. top keyboard and he's playing away on it and my buddy Phil leaned over to me and said it's really quiet in the mix. This is shitty mix. And I said, it is. And about that time, the guitar player pointed at the keyboard and pointed at the sound booth and pointed up, as in, turn his keyboard up. We can't hear it. So I, we're standing literally five feet in front of the, the sound booth because we didn't want to be up in the crowd. We're, we're old. We don't do that anymore. So we turn around and look, and the, the, guys, the two guys in the sound booth are somewhat confused. They're looking back and forth at each other. You can see them turning dials and doing things. They give them the thumbs up. The guy, the singer on stage shakes his head. He points at it, says, turn it up again. One of the guys gets out of the sound booth, goes all the way up. Steve, what you made me think of this is you saying the guy worked his way through the crowd. This guy works his way through this sweaty, shitty crowd, goes all the way up to the front. And we can see him looking because they're up on a stage. We can see him looking up at the keyboard. He reaches up, click, and turns the keyboard on for the first time in the night. All, all of the lights, all, all of the lights light up on the keyboard. <laughs> I'm sure. That's kind of what I wondered. In this guy's mind, I'm sure he was like, "I'm on fire tonight. I have not hit a sour note all night long. This is the best night of my life." And his keyboard was shut off the entire time. So all, all, all you really hear this way, if this had been like those musicless videos. Yeah. That you would just hear like the, <laughs> the, the, the weird yeah. tap of the keys. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think what was happening was he could hear his bottom one enough 
that he knew he was he just assumed like everything was working and probably oh that's probably in the right channel i can't hear it because i'm stage left like whatever it yeah. was but it was off the entire time and the moment they turned it on ear splittingly loud because oh, yeah, they, they they've cranked yes. it up at the yes at the, at the, at the, yeah. Well, Fortunately, is, the guy was in the booth behind us. He was able to immediately pot it down, but at first it was just like blaring. So, yeah. yeah we talked, Dave, you, you and I talked about it this week. Like, you, you play a lot of places on stage. Like, you just get used to the fact that mm, probably about half the show you're not really hearing yourself. You, yeah. Much. Your amps up your own ha ass. You can't hear a single thing because you're literally almost sitting on your amp. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Sorry that you're you're uh you made me think of this Dave made me say you made me think of this Steve and then I'm not I'm sure Tracy's not thinking anything. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Satisfaction. Just in time for summer, Wild Horse Pizza brings you the extra cheesy, extra saucy, extra tasty sizzling hot meat pizza deal. <laughs> Buy either a Meat Lover's Pizza or present a valid ID that you're over 50 and female and Wild Horse Pizza will knock three bucks off of your purchase. And remember, whether you're a hot podcaster ordering extra cheese or a podcaster's mom craving extra meat, Wild Horse Pizza will satisfy you in 30 minutes or less or it's free. Satisfaction. Wild Horse Pizza. <laughs> I have a fantastic idea for a minute that focuses on a moment from last week's show. I have to tell you, it's one of the best ideas I've had over the last collective 90 minutes of minute segments that I've done. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. What? You really want to know? Nope, I'm not going to tell you. I would tell you, but I feel like you're taking the minute segment for granted. Like you're just expecting 60 seconds of sardonic wit to blast into your ear passages and you don't give a second thought to the pure genius that's behind it. That's right, you heard me. Like a child, I'm going to punish you by not letting you hear the absolute unadulterated genius that was behind the minute segment. That will show you. This has been Tracy's Dave's first time driving a car was in a pink Mary Kay Cadillac. Minute. Trust me, you don't wanna know. How many takes did it take you to say the line with sardonic wit and ear passages in it? Did you nail that on the first one? That's I a did, tongue yes. twister. No. Yeah, I say that in my sleep. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so the, we are just talking off air, uh, and I've mentioned before, but I, I'm going to Disneyland next week. Uh, we, I've already had the talk with my kids. Tracy, I know you're not a Disney guy. I know you're not a Disneyland guy, I should say. Uh, right. and, and Steve, I know you've been to Disney World and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, as you painstakingly told us over 40 minutes at one of the episodes. but uh, So I was just curious, Steve, when you're at, because I can't ask Tracy this. Unfortunately, I would. I'd ask both of you. When you're at Disneyland, are you a kid there? Like, meaning, do you sort of revert back to, to childhood ways and excitement and joy when you're at Disneyland or Disney World, excuse me? I have my moments. Um, definitely. It's not all the time. Like often I'm, uh, I'm very, you know, cognizant of, uh, how, you know, terrible other people are. Yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, um, like they do a good job of making it kind of magical for you. 
It's um, crazy, uh, right? Time time. Yeah, it's it's really it's nice, right? It's yeah. it's it they they do err on the side of yeah. And when I like particularly the Star Wars piece at uh, Disney World was really they really did that right. And it, I I, yeah. I really appreciated that. It is a weird like you know I only have the frame of reference of Disneyland, but even Disneyland. Like listen, it's in a it's in a it's in Orange County, so it's not quite downtown Los Angeles, but it is not in what is like a a super pristine, beautiful part of the United States. And yet when you're in there, the air smells clean, everything. Try to find a speck of dirt or a scrap of paper somewhere in that park and you will not find it. It, it like they do that really, really well. And if you go to the other parks, yeah. Well, we've talked about how shitty Knott's Berry is now. Like there, there are some bad, and so I've already had the conversation with my kids of because my kids are at of are they're of an age now where my daughter's getting close to teenage years. My son is smack in the middle of teenage years, and so as a result, they have teenage hormones and teenage attitudes and all that kind of stuff. They're both great, caring, awesome kids. There's one of the two, and I won't mention which one because I don't need to. But one of the two's got real attitude and can can let that they will manifest that attitude when they see fit but they meaning they can be like in school and stuff they're very sweet they're very respectful to us but they can they can turn it on and i've seen them turn it on and so they're getting to the too cool for school moment in their lives and so my what i said to them is egos get checked at the gate to disneyland we aren't going to we're not putting this on TikTok. We're not putting this on social media. You're not going to know anyone there, nor will you ever see them again. You're going to go there and be kids and have fun. And for the most part, they've responded pretty positively. I'm going to have to report back once we've come back. And the reason sure. that I, I've had this conversation with them, I tell them, listen, dad's 47 years old. When dad goes to Disneyland, dad is a child. Dad gets glee and giddiness out of all the things that the same little eight-year-old is getting. Be oh, 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 holy shit, there's Mickey. Oh, my, you guys, yeah. look, Mickey. Yeah. Like, and it's genuine. I'm not trying to get them all amped up. I'm like, hey, we're seeing Mickey. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah with Mickey Mouse waves at you because you yes. did something distinct. Yeah. And they do it think back to you. you. You lose your mind. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I've had that conversation with them now. Again, I'm going to have to kind of report back. Tracy, now I know you do like Silverwood, and you, you do like theme mm -hmm. parks in general. It's just Disney's yes. not necessarily your jam. Are you the one leading the charge at the parks, or is, are you going is – it, is it more for your kids, at, even though you enjoy it? At this age in life, is it more for your kids, or are you right there with them? Well, it's, it's, it's mostly for me. So what, with one exception, like when I – uh, a couple of years ago, my – my youngest son, like he had never been to an amusement park and Silverwood's like kids rides for small kids is pretty fantastic. And you can, and, and you can, as an adult ride with him for a lot of it. And it's, it's fairly entertaining. So I, I really kind of wanted to be that vehicle for experiencing that with him. But generally it's like, when I go there, I'm for like, just, Hey, just maximizing the time. I, I want it just, just you know just good and dirty yeah. i just want to get in and just hit the rides and hit all just the barf slinging things and and the fun i like because I'm, I'm really more about the thrills than i am kind of like the magical ambiance necessarily and i and i get been into disneyland you're right there's a thing that they do there 
it's and it's unmistakable it's just not my jam but um but all the great americas and six flags and all that like yeah i just lose my mind that's i just love that absolutely no no question yeah so we'll <clears throat> we'll see how things go we'll see how they respond to to disneyland because it has been a little while i mean the pictures that i have from my Last trip there, my daughter is missing a whole bunch of teeth in her head. Not because I punched them out, but because she was of the age where she was losing baby teeth still. And so now she that's that's not the case anymore. I talked last week about how they've gotten rid of all their toys and everything. They are different kids now. They have, and we, I understand, but they have grown up. Like, they're completely different. So I'm, I'm going to be curious how they, if they do let their guard down and just fully embrace and enjoy Disneyland like I do, or if they're, they're going to have to get it. Because Steve... You and I went there for grad night, our senior mm -hmm. year in high school. And even then, like we were seniors in high school and we were still giddy and 18 years old, the most, the, 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 the most, I don't know, uh, cynical, I guess, time of your life potentially as this like cocky young kid. And we still, we still acted like little kids in that park. Yeah. Uh, now, now, we also had a chaperone who told us that he wanted to go take us to something called Foxy Boxing and helped us smuggle liquor to Disneyland. So that did help, uh, but it, it, it wasn't just that. We liked Disneyland. I mean, everything's Disneyland. its own magical moment. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The the thing that we like about going the time of year that we're going to is this is grad night. Grad nights have already kicked off. They're already doing this, and they do it on certain nights. It's like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or something like that. But we always enjoy going, and we get like going when it's grad night because we like to get on Splash Mountain and watch all the dumbass kids try to flip the camera off as they're going down the last water slide and then get really pissed off because Disney actually has either people in a booth or technology to know when you've raised your middle fingers, and they just that that image never shows up on a wall. Like again, to that point of like pristine, clean park, no way are they gonna ever let that happen. Like that none of that stuff sneaks through. I'm sure people have tried holding up signs, flipping things off, getting their dicks out, whatever it is, and none of that. There, Lord knows we've tried. Now, I was going to say, Lord knows there's probably a, a, a reel somewhere in a back office of nothing but those photos. A bunch like, of Tracy Juniors on, <laughs> on the arm. <laughs> Waggling around. <laughs> yeah, so I'll report back in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm off next week, but Steve and Tracy will hold down the fort, and they, we were talking off air. They might have some surprises uh, so we'll see. Uh, last time I hyped you guys up and said you were going to have big name guests and money giveaways and all sorts. Of, you did none of that, so I'm not saying anything this time. Oh, fine. Well, fine. You know what I am saying? Time for the headlines! And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. I get Christmas! Our first story, doctors have prescribed a wheelchair, a cane, and physical therapy to help heal Pope Francis's bad knee, but he has other ideas. According to a viral video of the Pope at the end of a recent audience, Francis quipped that what he really needed for the pain in his knee was a shot of tequila. Francis was riding in the Pope Mobile in St. Peter's Square when he stopped near a group of Mexican seminarians from the Legion of Christ, who asked him in his native Spanish how he was doing. And after he replied uh, that it uh, was uh, capricious, uh, they told Francis that they admired his ability to smile despite the pain and that he was an example for future priests like themselves. Do you know what I need for my knee? Francis asked them. 
from the Pope Mobile? Some tequila. Some said the seminarians laughed and promised to deliver a bottle of the Santa Mar to the Santa Marta Hotel where Francis lives. I like to say again. Donde esta mi tequila? Yeah. I like to think that they still sent him a bottle of the Rocks tequila, the new line from the Rock that he's promoting everywhere. I still, I, I it would be great if they just sent him that along with a cardboard standee of the Rock. Uh, not, not, not Sammy Hagar's. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, I don't, I've never, no, no, no. What I was going to say is I've never subscribed to, I was trying to think of, or however you want to say it, to the the notion of, of alcohol never helps with pain enough for me. Like if I have an injury or something, it right. never, it might slightly take the edge off of it, but it's never, to drink enough alcohol to truly mask some kind of like knee pain or anything, I'm going to feel way worse the next morning because my knee is going to hurt again and I'm going to be really hungover. So it's not a that it's never worked for me. I don't uh, I, I don't know. It's just not my jam. It never works in the uh, in the Western movies where they're doing kind of a field surgery on you. Removing yeah. a bullet from your leg. And yeah. they're like, here, have some bourbon. And yeah. Drink I'm this like, bourbon no. and bite this stick. And I always think like, well, you got to wait for the bourbon. Bourbon doesn't take 18 seconds to to kick in. You gotta, let's let that settle in the gut and get absorbed by the blood a little bit. And then we'll yeah, talk about on the stick for a while. Yeah. And then just, uh, we'll just see how it goes. Blood gets really thin, and you got to yeah. yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a, anyway. The uh, 85 year old Argentine pope has been suffering from strained ligaments in his right knee for months, and on doctor's orders recently has been using a wheelchair and a cane to get around. Uh, there's no word yet, according to uh, our investigation at the news desk, whether the doctor prescribed uh, tequila. Hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say the there's pope. no word yet on whether or not the pope ate the worm. No, no, nice. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not. I'll pick on Les Schwab. I will not pick on the Pope. So, okay. Yeah. Just. But I'm going to say that the Pope's cool enough that he would probably. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see that as picking on him. I would say that was pretty badass for a Pope to yeah. do. So. Yeah, I think um in in my lifetime uh he is among the coolest popes. Throws a little definitely stick off the back of his hat. I, I think um in we, my we, lifetime uh, he's among the only popes. Well, we should try again to get him on the show. Oh, I, th I thought you were yeah. saying we should try a different pope and just compare. Okay. Maybe, maybe an orthodox uh, uh, patriarch or something. Oopsie challenge. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Our second story, Donald Gorski is the ultimate McDonald's Big Mac fan. You won't be surprised to hear that Donald thinks that the burger is, quote, the best sandwich in the world. You'd have to think so to eat one almost every day for 50 years. Before we get into this, can I just say, you know, Tracy, you know, Steve is now dying for this show to end so he can go drop his Popsy Challenge joke to his wife and kid. He is itching. No, he is no. itching to get back into the house to let them know. Guess what I said tonight? That joke is not making it past the 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 the. Yeah, no. <laughs> Zach will just be googling that to figure out what that is. And... I immediately started thinking about a game around po popes, so you'd have to guess which pope did what. All right, so this guy ate hamburgers at Big Macs. Is that what it was? Big Macs, yeah. Every yes. nearly every day for uh, 
for 50 years uh, in August 2, 20, 2021, uh, they celebrated Donald's updated record for the most Big Mac burgers eaten in a lifetime uh, with a new official total of 32,340 Big Macs. However, it still wasn't enough to satisfy Donald's appetite for the iconic hamburger on uh, May 17th. Uh, marked the 50th anniversary of, of him eating uh, the McDonald's burger almost daily, missing only eight days over the last half century. Wow. Of the and so, may, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, this feels like a real mi missed opportunity. Um, your Guinness Book of World Record having every day um, a McDonald's uh, Big Mac. You would also, in the other part of the Guinness Book of World Records, also have... 50 years of daily diarrhea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I, I think we saw this guy on um, on the, if you watch that documentary, the uh, Super Size Me. Yeah. I think he's in that. Um, is he? Yeah, he talks about it. Now, he he only eats the Big Macs. He doesn't, like, get a whole bunch of fries. and Yeah. Right. He, yeah, he only eats uh, the Big Macs. So let me ask uh, you guys this as far as, like, when we think of, like, big fast food chains and i know they've opened up a little bit more like we've got hardy's are a lot more prevalent and carl's jr and things like that but i think of like kind of the probably the big three which is burger king mcdonald's and probably dairy queen i guess i if i did like Maybe wendy's okay wendy's let's do wendy's instead of dairy mm -hmm. queen uh, of of those do you have a runaway fave oh jack in the box too see what i mean okay so we'll just say f well known established franchised fast food changes we'll just open it all the way up do you yeah. guys have a a burger that that's the one if you have if you stop in a town there's multiple fast food places you're going to go to get that hamburger yes which one is it without a doubt yeah it's it's a burger king and so yeah it is it's uh I'll try to look for, I'll be on with, with the advent of smartphones. I look for something that's like a local dive place yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sure. just does burgers. <clears throat> but I mean, if you're just off the interstate and you have, that's your choices, those things, yep. those, those iconic. Yeah. It's going to be Burger King. Steve, what about you? Chain restaurant. If I can, if it's going to be, it's, it's almost never McDonald's. In fact, I, it's been McDonald's in years, but, uh, but, Jack in the box, I would say, and a close second would be would be Dairy Queen. Um, I like a Dairy Queen burger. Yeah, but Dairy Queen's burgers are not. I mean, they're 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 not they're not made as well as Jack in the Box burgers. But I, I like a I like a Jack in the Box burger. That I would agree with, and this is stupid that we're agreeing on this. But I I if you mean they're not made as well. <laughs> In the fact that the hamburger kind of hamburger kind of crumbles and falls apart, and the patty's yeah. not smashed well together, like it, yeah, absolutely. No, it's not as much beef as you think. There's a lot yeah. of filler. Yeah. So well. yeah, I I'm with Tracy as far as Burger King. I'm also sort of with Steve in that Jack in the Box is my second, but Burger King is one of those places where I don't understand why Burger King it's popular, of course, but I don't understand why it's not the runaway number one because the thing that Burger King has going for it that none of the other places do, at least on this level, you get close to a Burger King, you can smell it, and it smells amazing. Those flame right. broiled, those broilers letting off that that greasy smell, it smells like fair food or whatever your favorite comfort yeah. food is. It smells so good, and so yeah, you you go to a Dairy Queen, you're smelling the dumpster yeah. first. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they make yeah. you drive by it before you order it. Yeah. Um, I do like that um that Burger King has those impossible whoppers too. And that's uh that's nice because um we can we can go there and 
uh, Wendy's when my wife uh, prefers to not eat as much meat. And right. if we can, if we can get a impossible um, whoppers, I do know. like the impossibles. Listen, I know they're no better for you. Uh, they've got crazy high sodium and other issues with them. I, I, so I'm not saying for a moment it's for health reasons or anything because I get it and I just like anything right. else eat it in moderation but I do like the taste of the impossibles I think they taste really good they have a different flavor to them but they're good yeah I use it I use it for a lot of, like I use it for taco meat and, and in spaghetti sauces and stuff and it's yeah. really really it's awesome. great yeah, yeah try, the, try the impossible sausage no nope. in the in the tube no I will not back to you Tracy. yeah yeah impossible sausage was my nickname in high school actually. boom Story number three, a unique study out of Switzerland finds that music can affect the taste of cheese and seems to indicate that, guess want to guess what kind of music in particular makes cheese taste best? Metal. Metal, uh, metal, metal makes, makes Munster cheese taste awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just go with that. Go ahead. Okay, so seems to indicate that the uh, the type of genre of music that uh, makes cheese taste best is hip hop music. Researchers uh. at Bern University of Arts exposed five 22 pound wheels of emmental uh, cheese to different kinds of music playing on a loop for six and a half months, 24 mm -hmm. hours a day. The songs were Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, Mozart's Magic Flute, uh, UV by Vril. Uh, monolith by yellow and jazz we got a tribute or a tribe called quest so other uh, cheeses were exposed to sound waves only at different frequencies but no music and of course they had a control cheese that was exposed only to silence so researchers found that music that had an impact on the strength of the smell, taste, and flavor, a group of food professionals participated in blind taste tests and declared that cheese exposed to a tribe called Quest tasted best. So, let's be clear. Let's be clear, Tracy. You went with this story over the dildo in the ass story that I sent you. This is where we're now at as a show. You chose this over what could have been comedy gold. He's, he's trying to keep it tasteful. He's really, he's really trying to keep it tasteful. What well, I, I try to do some themes with things. I try to do like animals, and then sometimes food, and then like kind of lost things. So I had a whole pee pee poo poo and uh, <laughs> and uh, dildo sort of theme coming. And so uh, I'm all, uh, I'm anyway. only kidding with Tracy. It was I did send him a story, but I actually sent him a story saying. This probably doesn't have a lot of meat on its bone because it's effectively person got dildo stuck in butt, person went to hospital, dildo was removed from butt. Like there was nothing, there was nothing like they accidentally sat on it or, or grandma came, came over and fell on it or anything like it wasn't anything. It was literally just shot, Doc. <laughs> I was taken by just You're all clear, how kid. matter of fact, how matter of fact the person was about it. They're like, yeah, well, yeah. That's what I mean. It was yeah. so matter of fact that it wasn't a great story. I was just, I was just kidding. Yeah, I was, the... uh, yeah. So in, in that story, they had, they thought, well, I'll go. Uh, I won't go to the emergency room now. Yeah. I'll try to sleep uh, yeah. with it, uh, and it's, uh, yeah. and then until they were the hoping to poop runs, it out. Yeah, runs I, out. I guess and, we uh, kind of covered the story anyway. That was good. Yeah. So so anyway, anyway, somebody got cheesed up their butt. Please keep going. No. Anyway, that's uh, if you want to. Your cheese to taste great. Uh, Put it up it your to, butt. Uh, oh. Tribe called Quest. 
our fourth story the video seen worldwide an el paso woman jumping into the spider monkey enclosure at the zoo and feeding two of the animals cheetos uh has been seen by everyone but for the woman in the video the backlash was swift she was arrested and lost her job at an el paso law firm and received harassment online from people concerned with the health of the monkeys and she now faces a pending criminal trespass case her name is lucy ray a year later she is working for a new law firm and claims that she didn't do anything wrong the day of the incident and uh on uh, may 22nd uh ray had visited the el paso zoo with a friend and the same day another zoo guest videoed ray climbing over a two-foot fence and entering the spider monkey enclosure crossing the three foot deep moat and feeding two monkeys cheetos she is then seen walking back through the moat, climbing out of the enclosure. She says, you know what? "I'm going to feed. I'm going to feed those two monkeys some Cheetos. Yeah. Hand me your Cheetos. Yeah, give me your Cheetos. Watch this. Hold my beer and hand me your Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Who know. among us hasn't gone into a spider monkey enclosure though? I mean, come on, it's kids. I mean, we did that. Everybody went into yeah. a spider monkey enclosure and fed it some, you know, Fritos or Lay's or whatever you had laying around. Just." Right. This well, the spider monkeys at our at our zoo, Steve, were more Cool Ranch Doritos, so it wasn't exactly the same. It's a little apples to oranges, but it was still, uh, yeah. I mean, I could similar. not imagine going in. Like, what would make me want to just go in among the monkeys, and just even be there? Really, let alone feed them anything. That line from The Simpsons is like, well, we I could go in and get them, but uh, if they don't kill them, it's really bad for their culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't listen. I, I don't know all of the details of the story. Obviously, I've just heard about this the first time Tracy said it. I, I my first blush is I don't think she should have been fired from her law firm and thing like I, I, I just think about if I were a manager and I heard one of my employees climbed an enclosure and got in with the monkeys and, and gave him Cheetos, I would be like, don't do that again. Like it, it goes back to anything else in life. I feel like we're we're very quick to just say like, well, you screwed up once you're done. Like, I know it's a stupid thing. I know everybody should know not to get in with a bunch of spider monkeys, but say to the person, if you climb in and try to give Cheetos to a spider monkey ever again, you're going to lose your job at this law firm. I will not have you here. We can't take another PR hit like this, but I mean, it was stupid. Yes, but I, I would counter with, um, you're showing the kind of decision-making skills. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If you, if you, can't make the right decision in that case. I don't really want you handling all of our. What, what but I, see, that's what the thing. Love, oh, go ahead. What I love though is if she had been seen on video feeding Cheetos to like her toddlers, yeah. <laughs> that would have been no problem. But she's feeding it to monkeys who probably very clearly wanted the Cheetos. Yeah, and and Steve, you're. I mean, you're right. Listen, it's a law firm. It's probably educated people. They should know better. And I fully agree with that. But at the same time, I feel like as a society, and I don't want to get into all the cancel culture bullshit and all that, because go F yourself. A lot of those people should be canceled. But I will say, I feel like we've gotten to the point as a society where you, you, it used to be three strikes and you're out. I'm not saying you need three strikes, but good Lord, we give hardened criminals three strikes before they're out. Can you at least sit them down and say, dumbest thing you've ever done. Never do that again. If you want to continue working here. And then let's see if they actually learn from it and say, you know what? You're right. It was stupid. I got caught up in the moment won't happen again. And from that point, they're on the straight and narrow. Like, uh, 
it is, and again, I don't know all the details. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You well, it sounds smart. like another law firm was more than happy to just <laughs> right up. This is the, this is clearly this uh, you know anti spider monkey yeah. law firm. She went you know, to work for I, Cheeto I Spider I, and Monkey. I doubled down on it and I put a spider monkey holding a Cheeto on my logo of my yeah. law firm. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Come on in. That's the news. That's the news, fellas. All right. So I did have somebody, well, the, the last thing I'm going to say before we get out of here is I actually did have somebody tell me, they listen to the podcast regularly. Um, they told me that they said, you know, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but this is the gist of what they were saying. And they said it in a very kind way. It was not intended with malice at any kind, but what of any kind. And they listen often. So this is not, they obviously still enjoy it. But they said something to the effect of, I don't find you funny so much as I find how funny you find each other, meaning they like right. they like us laughing at the dumb things we say that they wouldn't necessarily laugh at, but because it brings us joy, that brings them joy. And so uh, this person is also going through some some personal struggles, and I would just like to say if that person is listening, you do know who you are, and thank you very much for listening, and uh, I agree. You should not laugh at most of the things we say. So Definitely not. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, anything? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. I just said, oh, yeah, it's definitely about the interaction. None of the shit we say is funny. No. Tracy, anything else from you? Uh, I just, I think I'm funny. Go ahead. Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. All right. For Tracy, for Steve, for me, Dave, and for Mickey Mouse. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. What did one wall say to the other? Meet me at the corner. <laughs>